I would say my work and what I do at KMO is exclusively direct to consumer. Yes. So we're working with D2C publications that do target us as a consumer versus us reading trade magazine on marketing tools and solutions. That would be an example of B2B. It's still organic. It, it's, it's, it's a weird concept, but I have to show the editor that whatever I'm pitching is something that their readers are going to want and need, and it's, it provides value. So there's a lot of nuances in terms of what editors and publishers need to make sure that their articles are appearing. Because if their articles aren't appearing in Google, no one's reading them. And then no one's finding the product and no one's purchasing the product and they're not making money. So on today's episode, you're going to find out how to use top tier high traffic media outlets as super affiliates for your DTC e-commerce business. It's a great episode. You do not want to miss it. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital-native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. As you continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, Wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund-as-you-grow model, meaning if your sales slow down, so does the amount you transfer back. There's just a simple fee and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly. It's worth checking out on wayflyer.com. That's W-A-Y-F-L-Y-E-R. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 2XE Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Today's episode, we're going to be talking with Kayla O'Connor. She's a PR consultant with Twist. She does affiliate marketing with PR. So she gets brand PR on like top tier 
high traffic websites, typically with either magazine backgrounds, like say Cosmopolitan or Vogue or more new stuff like Buzzfeed and, you know, the rest of them, they tend to have, um, you know, shopping or holiday list or, you know, the best, these are the best sunglasses you can get with your money. And she plugs your products into those lists. So it's, you, you get PR, top line PR, and then you get affiliate links. You get them signed up to your affiliate program and she sets everything up. It's a very, very interesting way of driving revenue, driving exposure, driving brand awareness and, um, you know, just top funnel impressions. Great episode. I enjoyed the conversation, got a lot from this. Um, you know, traditionally we speak to just affiliate marketing or we speak, you know, traditionally to just PR. This is affiliate PR top line. Enjoy this episode. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chobbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Kayla, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it's, it's great to, to have you. You run um, a very unique um, agency. It's an affiliate PR agency, which, you know, with D2C, we'll talk, we'll get into detail about it. It's, yep. yeah, it, it is starting to be, you know, a, a thing and, and you're, you're forging, um, you know, that pioneering, um, you know, um, um, spirit in, in, into really, you know, just doing two things really media on the one hand and, and PR, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and affiliate marketing on the other. So media coverage on the one hand and affiliate marketing. Before we, 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 we jump into, you know, all of that. Um, I, I really want to know who you are, Kayla. Um, you know, what kind of childhood did you, did you have? Um, and, and how is that sort of linked to, to who you are and where you are now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to start that both my parents were music teachers. They still are. And I started dance performance at age two. So I've always kind of been on a stage. <laughs> and I grew up in a small town in the Midwest um, in Minnesota. And so when you grow up in a small town, you kind of look at your parents and you're like, oh, well, it's a no brainer. I'm the oldest as well of three. Um, I'll just go to college and be a music teacher. <laughs> well, within the first year, I was like, I do not want to teach, but maybe I want to perform. So my, I spent my first year at a school in South Dakota. I was like, I don't want to teach. And then I transferred really late the summer before my sophomore year um, to a private music conservatory in Columbus, Ohio for music performance, just to, just to try that out. Um, and I needed a minor with that major. And because I transferred so late, PR 101 was the only class available. I think there was like one spot. Like I was really late. 
Um, definitely a procrastinator over here. Um, but I took that course and I was like, wow, PR is like performing, but talking in a sense, you know, when I would perform, it's like a story aspect to it. You're, you're bringing on a character, you're having a character come to life. So I then transferred for a third time in <laughs> the second half of my sophomore year to Mankato, Minnesota, where I got my mass communications degree there. And so that's what got me into the PR space. And then I spent the first decade of my career um, working for various PR agencies. And I actually worked primarily with B2B, really big B2B corporations and pitching trade publications. Um, But then my life took me to Los Angeles where I thought I was going to have my dream job working in healthcare. Three months in, I was like, ooh, this is not for me. I was working on um, pharmaceuticals and that just wasn't a passion of mine. So um, I left that job and started freelancing. And that's when I had my first direct-to-consumer brand that I was pitching media Q4 of 2019. And I was doing everything right, researching custom pitches, and it was just crickets. And now looking back, I think the thing working against me was the timing. I might have been a little bit behind in terms of gift guides, but I was still kind of like curious and it kind of sucked the joy out of PR from me at that point. So I was at a point where I was just going to quit PR. And so that led me into being open to a new a recruiter that landed in my LinkedIn inbox, um, looking for someone with PR experience to join a creative agency that just acquired an affiliate marketing channel. I took that job without even knowing what affiliate was, affiliate marketing was. I'm like, I'm just curious. And they, they want me because I have PR experience. So, you know, the last 10 years won't go to waste. I started then working at this creative agency. And within the first two weeks, I had phone calls with all the affiliate managers. It's a new role, affiliate managers at the major publishing groups like Meredith Publishing and Condé Nast. And they were explaining to me the shift of editorial um, to where any product roundups, gift guides, et cetera, um, the links back to the brand's website must be affiliate. So if brands don't have an affiliate program and PR professionals are pitching them without an affiliate link available, they're not going to get coverage. And so a lot of like green lights and ahas went on and, you know, and during my time there and I was able to kind of test the ropes. Um, and then, you know, 10 months into it, I just, I, I was taking on too many clients. I wanted more quality versus quantity. So that's really what drove me to then um, start my own business, KMO Consulting. Super, super interesting. Um, so if you never um, attended the, the, the PR, or you never took up the PR course, PR 101, um, you pretty much would be in the industry. <laughs> Who knows where I would be? I was jumping all over the place. <laughs> There, there, there is a magic in um, in performance. Um, I was um, at um, uh, at um, London Leicester Square. What was it? It was not Leicester Square. I was, I was, I was at the the Lion King um, musical mm. on, on mm-hmm. Friday, and the joy, you know, just the share because I don't really do uh, musicals, but the share joy um, from from the audience to. Um, you know the performers there because um, a relative of mine was was, um, 
was on stage, I, I could just mm -hmm. see that connection. And I was like, you know, there's, there's nothing like this, you know, as a performer to, to that crowd to perform a, you know, connection, be it a musician mm -hmm. or, or an actor. So it's, it's magical nonetheless. Interesting. So, um, would you say now you're exclusively like B to C now because, um, mm -hmm. you know, products are pushed by, um, you know, businesses, direct to consumer businesses to consumers who, who, who are the audience of these publications? Yeah, I would say my work and what I do at KMO is, um, pr exclusively direct to consumer. Yes. So we're working with D to C publications that do target us as a consumer versus us reading um, you know, a trade magazine on marketing tools and solutions, you know, um, that would be an example of B2B. Now, I could see the space expanding more into the B2B space, but right now my work is primarily direct to consumer. Okay, so I have a few things to, to quiz you around in terms of like the feature. So you, you mentioned um, product, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, product focused, um, product guides, you know, so whether it's mm -hmm. gift guides or, um, you know, shopping guides, and, and then they, they recommend, you know, specific products that, you know, cater for, you know, um, to, for specific needs or, you know, to, to, to certain theme. Um, what about stories? You know, there, there are situations in which, uh, you know, I've, I, I used to work in international real estate and, um, that's my first sort of foray into digital marketing. And we had like an in-house PR person and I'd say, she was like responsible for significant growth in that company yeah. um, because they were always getting, you know, featured, um, in, in story format, um, mm -hmm. um, in, in, in like, you know, big papers, all the, the broadsheets here. And, and that just translated to phone calls. And, you know, it, sometimes it, it made or broke, um, you know, mornings in terms of what kept the sales team, you know, busy. Um, so yeah. a feature could just translate to lots of calls. Do, does does what you do also to cover you know stories and mentions um, and then that links onto is it more difficult to link onto to an affiliate link from a story and I think there's there's a conflict of interest I, I would think I, I'm not sure um, like you to expand it's on so that it's so funny that that question comes up a lot of like conflict of interest or is this advertising and stuff so I'll I'll touch on all of it but for business profile features or thought leadership pieces that are not pushing a specific product, that would be separate. That would still be organic, non-affiliate organic. Um, and when I say non-affiliate, it just is probably your, you know, homepage URL. That's not a trap. That's not a transfer link. And I'm, you know, a big part of affiliate PR right now as well is SEO. And so the only reason why I'm bringing up a transfer link is an affiliate link, because it's a transfer link, does not contribute to increasing like domain authority or backlinking. So there is still a huge need and strategy behind these types of pieces or like traditional press release syndications and stuff like that. Now, Affiliate PR that uses affiliate links, I have seen through pitching my clients um, when I land feature articles, it really is a way to take the consumer down the entire journey from 
Um, like Stojo is one of my clients. They're a sustainable, collapsible coffee mug based in New York City. And they were launching food storage containers, like bowls for the first time. And I remember it is a brand new category for them. And I landed a feature article in apartment therapy in the kitchen. And this editor wrote basically a, like a feature story launch story with quotes from the founders and, and it really took the, anyone reading it from initial brand awareness all the way down to, I'm going to purchase this product directly onto the brand's website. And so affiliate PR, I, I've heard from a lot of editors that it's a way for new brands, new products to not have to have a ton of brand awareness. They just need a really good value proposition in order to compete with like the Nikes or the Adidas's of the world. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, so it's, it's a pillared strategy mm -hmm. whereby, you know, one is strictly for awareness, domain authority, and the other is really performance. Um, and it's the incentive of the publication essentially to, um, drive that performance. And that's why, you know, affiliate PR works so well. Yeah. And I always say it's still organic. It, it's, it's, it's a weird concept, but I have to, show the editor that whatever I'm pitching is something that their readers are going to want and need. And it's, it provides value. I could say, hey, please cover this product. I'm going to give you a hundred percent commission. And they'll still be like, no, that doesn't fit with, you know, our, our content and what our readers want to read. Whereas advertising, you know, you have a, as, um, you have, um, what was it? you have like an SOP. Why am I blanking on the word? not SOP, um, insertion order. You have an insertion order and it's guaranteed placement. You pay X amount for this placement that's you know publishing on this state. Whereas I'm using affiliate to almost just like check a box of like, okay, this checks a box. We can put this over into the group of products that we can write about because they have an affiliate program. Now let's see how this product compares against its competitors and we're going to choose who we want to write about. So it's not guaranteed placements at all, but it's really interesting on the PR side because it's, it's kind of this like pitching an investor. You want to paint the story of the why and how, and how much they're going to make if they cover your product. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then from a, um, platforming standpoint, so you mentioned earlier that, um, that typically um, th that you have come across um, some brands that don't even have affiliate, um, you know, um, programs in place. Uh, affiliate ma programs, managing an affiliate program is, is tough. You know, you need an affiliate <laughs> manager, you know, to, to do that. So what do you think, um, or from your experience, um, <clears throat> what are the best platforms um, you're seeing um, for managing, you know, affiliate mm. relationships and what is the best setup from a D2C standpoint? So, um, you know, this, this is speaking to listeners who don't have affiliates, you know, marketing or set up internally, but want to sort of figure out, okay, how can we get started and what is the structure we should strive towards, mm. um, and the tooling required? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to affiliate networks, there are four main ones that, I have worked within and I recommend, and they have different tiers. So if you are 
uh, a brand that is just questioning, is this right for us? You want to test it out. Sharacell is the best like kind of entry point into affiliate marketing. It's a month-to-month contract. Um, and I believe even if you don't touch it, it's only $35 a month in order to keep your program live. Now, there are limited support or tracking parameters. So if you're like, okay, we're going to go in, we trust that this is going to be a channel for us and you're willing to invest in a year contract, then I would look at Pepper Jam, Bracketon, or Impact. Those mm-hmm. three are going to have um, a, a slower setup process because you're going to be working with an account person that is truly holding your hand and helping you do it. Whereas ShareSell, it's kind of, you, you can, if you know the steps, you, you can do it yourself and integrate the cart within a couple of days. Um, but with Pepper Jam Rakuten and Impact, you do have those advanced um, tracking capabilities. So if you're worried about, um, you know, what affiliate, uh, you know, last click, first click attribution, and you really want to get nitty gritty into the metrics, then I would explore those three um, networks. Now, Impact has, um, it's not my preferred out of the three because it's a tiered approach of what you pay to the network. So you pay a network fee in addition to affiliate commissions. And based off of like, if you jump into a different revenue um, bracket, then it it's just hard to project in my opinion to where um, Rakuten and Pepper Jam, it's you pay 3% of your overall affiliate revenue to the networks. So you're able to kind of um, estimate and project that a lot easier. Nice and flat. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen their brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. (laughs) 
did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. In, in regards to, you know, the, the, the platforms, um, um, but from a, from a DTC platform standpoint, um, which of the the platforms um it, which which platforms are very easy to to just get started so mm-hmm. um share cell would be share so okay okay unless unless i do have and i think online courses is kind of the next phase online teaching and education is the next phase that i'm currently testing out with a client um for heavy product driven content because these there's no margins. So there's a little bit more to work with, right. For online learning. And with that, I'm finding that my particular client at the time right now has multiple shopping carts for each of its courses. So share sell. This is an example where you're limited. Uh, We went with Rakuten because we're able to integrate multiple shopping carts, whereas share sell only, um, allows for one. So if you have a very traditional, like you fill up your cart and you, you know, check out in one shopping cart on your website, share sells the, the best and the easiest place to start. Interesting. Interesting. Um, affiliate marketing is fraught with attribution issues. Um, although mm-hmm. with, you know, right now things are really, really changing, um, with, a decent affiliate manager, they know, um, what to put in place in terms of like, um, even brand name bids on Google. It's, you know, um, there's, there's no higher intent search query, you know, on Google <laughs> on the brand name search and some affiliates, you know, especially in the past have sort of ridden that wave and got mm-hmm. really easy commissions off the back of it. From a publishing standpoint, are you seeing, um, marketing dollars being pushed at those articles, you know, for, for more exposure, because you already have mm. authority, right? Um, so, so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a people.com or, you know, a cosmopolitan have, um, you know, the, the top, um, you know, tanning lotions, you know, to use the tanning sprays to use, you know, everybody trusts those publications. It's all about that exposure and, um, yeah. you don't want to serve, publish and forget. So are you seeing any circulation and distribution from their part to just make it, you know, um, where they're doing all the work, the the grunt work for the brand and and getting those those pieces out there well distributed for both revenue and and exposure and traffic and eyeballs? Absolutely. So uh, there's kind of two avenues of, I would say, affiliate of 
affiliate PR content on the publisher side. One of them is just kind of the quicker turn, like turn and publish, turn and publish um, where they will still, uh, you know, push it out a newsletter to give it a longer life. Like you really see the bump in revenue if it's appeared in its newsletter. But a big part of affiliate PR content is um, updating already, like updating roundups and gift guides so that it's optimizing the content and reappearing in Google results, not starting over. So a big thing that I look at mm-hmm. is I do media audits and I'm, let's say for, you know, I'm looking at French linen bedding or French linen sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, who and where is writing about French linen bedding sheets? I'll just mm-hmm. Google that and see what are the top articles that are appearing. Most of the time, there's going to be updated that the word updated in front of the dateline. So they're, they're just consistently updating this article so that if you get your client in this wrap, it becomes passive income. I have clients that are still seeing revenue from, you know, a roundup that appeared two years ago because they're, they're still included and it's just getting optimized and it's remaining, um, you know, higher up in the Google results. Now, on the client side, this is interesting. Um, I've seen clients use feature articles or placements in their paid social um, ads and campaigns and actually drive audience away from their own channels to this article to kind of build that like secondary touch point of like, we're pushing it at you on social media that, you know, you didn't find it. It kind of found you. Now go to this article and let's kind of like wrap the red bow to help you go back to the website and convert. Right. 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 So, so once it's out there, it's, it's really out there. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, I guess you're riding off the wave of the authority of ease and their distribution capabilities. And, um, yeah, just the, the fact that, you know, people always find it that the, the domain authority just stick in there longer term and gets in, you know, featured on, on Google, um, which is, which is really, really interesting. What about, um, team setup? So, um, and this is from an e-commerce standpoint. So if you're an e-commerce brand, um, mm-hmm. are you seeing, um, the, the marketing directors or the e-commerce, you know, um, e-commerce directors actually taking charge of this? Or are you seeing more specialist affiliate marketing roles, um, you know, starting to emerge? I know this is quite nuanced because, um, you know, some, some brands are more established than others. And, you know, um, yeah, just interesting to see what you're seeing given the brands you've worked with. So I would say the brands that come to me are almost brand new to affiliate marketing. So it's there. I work with a lot of growth marketers, like outside growth marketers that are either consulting or they're, that's their role internally. And they're exploring affiliate and, and or combining affiliate PR because they're it's almost like affiliate was like this forgotten marketing channel that just really succeeded throughout COVID. And it was like a, a win-win kind of scenario is a safe investment into a marketing channel at that time. And then pairing it with PR efforts, um, it really becomes a very, very profitable channel if you want to get into KPIs. But from that standpoint, it's, it's a lot of the the growth marketers looking at this as a new channel to test to help scale the 
program or help launch, um, you know, different products within their business. And if they hire KMO, it's, it's, we wear both hats. I wear the affiliate marketing manager and I wear, you know, the, the product focused PR professional. I do collaborate with some other PR members where they will pitch, um, more of the business stories and leadership, but I don't know if that answered your question, but I, I, it, I haven't worked with any clients that have dedicated affiliate managers in house. It really is. Mm-hmm. They're curious and we're testing this out as a growth perspective for their business. Interesting. 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 Um, my final question has got to do with, um, I was just speaking with a colleague, um, about a week ago around, um, the need for many e-commerce operators to be very, um, specific with the SEO help they need. Uh, and, and I was mm. like, okay, an agency that's really good in technical SEO should be hired for just that only. And you find mm-hmm. that, uh, that technical SEO, um, might, you know, it's, it's really comp- a compliance activity. Really. Mm. It's, it's like, what does Google require our sites to do to make it optimal for Google? And have we done that? It's like a checklist. And then there's also the keyword component of that where you're trying to discover opportunities from a keyword standpoint. And that just, starts the foundation it just sets up the foundation there from from a technical seo standpoint um, but if you want to build domain authority you know i'll speak i was telling him that look you need to speak with um a content agency and a pr agency that know how to sort of put content together and attract attention you know just you know put mm. content put stories out there that would attract attention and and with, with the attention from the media, you get, you know, those GC, nice domain authority links that when smaller publishers see that, oh, this you know, publication has been, has, you know, taken, you know, this, they copy and, you know, that leads to, to more links further down the, the chain. Um, what, what's your take on, on what I've just said? And what do you think is the place of the modern PR professional um to, to, to probably fit into, you know, that latter basket, if, if, if you agree. Yeah, no, I'm so happy about SEO. So there's any PR professionals listening. They're like, what? I have to learn affiliate. So from a PR standpoint, I have talked to, um, you know, affiliate managers at multiple different pub- publishing groups and the majority of them SEO is one of the most important aspects when pitching a product. Um, the, you know, I know that Condé Nast in USA Today and Review.com, they will not write a feature product review on a product unless the brand's name, like Jinx Dog Food Review, the USM, um, is that the user search monthly volume? Search month. I'm mixing up the, um, (laughs) I'm learning as I go. Okay. SEO is a new thing for me, but regardless, there is a number that is required that they need to hit in, in terms of monthly search volume, monthly search volume. There we go. MSV, Mm -hmm. um, in order to know that this will benefit their article from an SEO standpoint, if they include this brand in this product 
In addition, um, there are publishers that aren't allowed to include links back to Amazon that have less than 500 reviews mm. because it will decline their SEO score if they do so. Mm. Another area is when the peer professionals are sharing product images to share user-generated content, not, um, you know, include some um, actual consumers you know, taking photos on their iPhone using the actual product because it's kind of that proof point uh, versus a, you know, a high res lifestyle or stock image. So there's a lot of nuances in terms of what editors and publishers need to make sure that their articles are appearing because if their articles aren't appearing in Google, no one's reading them and then no one's finding the product and no one's purchasing the product and they're not making money. Mm. Um, so there's that side of it. And then on the PR side, it's so funny you bring this up because I just um, finished a scope that is for a current affiliate PR client, but it was for SEO content strategy. And it half of it was focused on, and one of my colleagues, he owns his own content um, agency as well and, and specializes in SEO. So it was nice to partner with him on this. But half of the strategy was owned content, creating really shareable owned content that optimizes the website. And then the other strategy was working with a content syndication partner like a PR newswire and just consistently get, you know, releases or, or, or stories syndicated that purely for backlinking, 60 to 80 backlinks per piece which also helps build brand awareness. Hmm. So I'm going to be, um, if they move forward with that, that's going to definitely be a test on my end to see how do both kind of mirror one another? Mm -hmm. Because I, I do know that affiliate, affiliate um, content builds awareness, drives revenue, but because it's a transfer link, it doesn't always have you know, the best effect on increasing a domain authority. So that's where the non-affiliate links are really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's this intersection of um, content creation and, and PR. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, actually been involved in campaigns in which the content was just fantastic it was timely it was well done and, and this is like graphic content or audiovisual content but the syndication in terms of like getting it to the right editors and um you know and, and writers or journalists at um you know at, at publications was was missing and so it's like you mm -hmm. know if a tree falls in a forest with no one there does does did it really fall you know did it really make a noise scenario so mm -hmm. and then i've been in other scenarios or in campaigns this like way back no, not now um whereby you know both were done well and um by by by, by all um by, by all marks it was you know that campaign was a success because it got the right syndication and um the content was just timely um so, so it's 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 interesting um and yeah from a domain authorities i, I really do think that um um yeah that that seo should be split in half um and your you know when you say you have an seo agency you need to know not many not not too many you know operators know the difference between um you know technical and um you know that 
domain authority building, mm -hmm. and it's typically pitched in one single package just to maximize revenue, as you can imagine. But not one of them mm -hmm. would just not be done um, to to its fullest, um, you know, potential executed at to its fullest potential. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so so this is really really interesting. Um, for people who want to find out more about um, what you guys do in, in KMO, you know, consulting, um, I believe your, your website is kmoworld.org. Um, and yes. um, you're, you specialize in affiliate PR services, very unique, um, by training and guided, tra and training and guided by human design. Um, yeah, so are you active in any social media channels? Um, if, if yes, um, which ones are you most active on? Yeah. So the consulting Instagram account is camo dot consulting. Mm -hmm. okay. And there you will find, you know, linked to the, the page on camoworld.org that really does highlight the affiliate PR services for brands or if you're, you know, a PR professional or just a service provider that you want to learn affiliate PR, there are training um, resources and opportunities on that end as well. Fantastic, fantastic. We'll link up to um, to, 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 to to both, um, you know, to, to both the, the consultancy and the training, um, you know, sites. Um, Kayla, it's, sure. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the 2X e-commerce podcast. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.